This is the MM Cast Podcast. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum. We're here today on Christmas week. Da, 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 da. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> uh, today we'll talk about cards that we like in a color. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. My name is Ben Bateman. Okay, I think that was... We might have to do that a few times if this becomes consistent. Hello, my name is Alex Kessler, host of the MMCast. I am here with Ben Bateman, my co-host. What's going on, Uh, everybody? How you doing? We are... It's Christmas week. Uh, If you're watching the video version, I'm in a very festive... Uh, hat and necklace situation. Ben is wearing a Christmas Seahawks hat sock combo. So I think it's a stocking. Uh, actually, it's my. This would be my Christmas stocking that would go okay. on the mantle. Okay. I just don't have a mantle, so I'll, I'll wear it as my uh, as my holiday I feel my like holiday a, hat. I feel like a stocking is the middle point between a sock and a hat. <laughs> it's a it's a sat. It's a it's, it's a, a sock. It's, it's a stocking. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this week and today, uh, we are talking, we're going to go through as a little of a Christmas thing, going through each color. And then and, and me and Ben have our selections of what our top five favorite things from that color are and kind of just what we think our favorite things that those colors do are. Um, modern specific. So every card has to be modern legal, though um, some of the cards we might pick uh, may not be that playable in modern, but maybe commander playable or were playable in standard at one point or were playable in modern, but cards have been banned. We don't know. I don't know what Ben's list is, but I know there's definitely some some cards on my list that are probably no longer a thing or were a thing, but then cards got banned out from under them. R.I.P. Uh, I think I went with, I probably went with like some more cards that like were a little bit more shenanigans than the ones you picked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, definitely some powerful stuff in there. So yeah, we're going to be doing each color. You guys will hear this first one now. Uh, we're going to start with the first color, which is white, because we'll go in the color pie in that order. Oh, man. Uh, and we're going to be doing our five favorite cards in modern. I was not, I was not going to, I was, if you would let me do it, I would have picked a different color and then all the comments. I'm going to say what color I was, I was going to do in order, blue, red, green, white, black. And I think the internet would have murdered us. So I'm glad you uh, jumped in there with uh, Magic's best color, uh, white, white cards. (laughs) I don't know if it's the best color in Magic. I think that the cards on my list are all super sweet, but uh, there was just... So, tons of well, sarcasm because like you know it's the layers worst. Layers of sarcasm because it was it was sarcasm on that, but it's also sarcasm playing on the fact that I don't think white is actually the worst color. I think they're all relatively balanced. I think white has some catching up to do as far as commander yes. goes, and standard currently it's bad because I think that white was so strong with Gideon and Battle for Zendikar, and they just had to course correct very hard, um, and then. At the same time, they realized in Commander they needed to come up with cool white cards that make Commander white decks have more versatile and more cool stuff that's going on there. But as they started releasing those is the same time that the fire philosophy started happening. So then every color just got extremely powerful options that started negating what was powerful. So like white starts getting stuff like, you know, Manatithe. What's the enchantment that makes yeah. treasures? Manatithe? Manatithe? Uh, no, Smothering Tithe. Smith makes Smothering Tithe. White's got the uh, all all tokens become 4-4 angels out of um, Ravnica, the, the most recent Ravnica set. Forgetting what the card, hopefully it's, it's an enchantment, five mana, every token you make is a, is a Sarah Angel, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it gets a bunch of really cool stuff out of out of the last commander product. There's just like really cool white cards printed, but at the same time, like Uro is printed and Fierce Guardianship is printed and uh, Dockside Extortionist yeah. is printed. So it's like, 
yes, white is getting better, but at the same time, all of the colors are going bonkers and white is just playing catch up still. So it's like a weird middle point. That being said, and, and at the same time, it was bad in standard because they course corrected, right? There was like, we spent two and a half years with Gideon. Um, uh, Ally of Zendikar was too good. Then Gideon Jura, Jura or Gideon of the Trials was too good or good enough that it was like a top tier card. Then for like most of standard with Ixalan block, like white vampires and, and the, the Adanto Vanguard based white decks were like top tier. Oh, yeah. So like there was a period of time where it was just like white was very good in standard. And so when they course corrected to make it so it wasn't the best color, that's when white starts being noticeable that it's bad everywhere else. Like it's been always bad in Legacy, other than Stoneforge Mystic. Um, Modern, it's always been relatively good, right? Blue white has always been a top 20 deck. Basically yeah, from the beginning, the I mean, existed. I mean, there was a blue white deck from you and I went in PTQs back in like 2012 mm-hmm. like, or something. There's like always that. a black white death and taxes option. There's always um, some version of like Naya Burn. Like, there's the white white sees play in modern pretty consistently. So I don't think that was ever a place that it was hurting. But I do think like standard and commander together are where people were noticing that. That being said, this is a top list of white cards um, and uh, some of my favorites. Uh, do we want to go back and forth or do you want to go in order? I think let's go back and forth. I don't... Do you have yours ranked? Because mine are not ranked. Mine are... Mine are, mine like, are just like, five like cards. Casually ranked them. My, my number five, my top five. Uh, this is card... Actually, I probably played the most in modern, um, but is, in, is number five in, just due to the fact that it's a little generic. Path to Exile. One white, very good card. Exile creature, uh, instant speed. That player gets a land. Uh, best, arguably the best removal spell of all time. Second best, actually. Yeah, I mean it's second best. There's two swords. really good. There's two really good white ones. I mean, I didn't put this on my list because, like I said, I, I try to stay mostly away from the sort of premier cards. I'd say there's there's a handful of playable cards on my list, but most of the cards on my list are just like cards that I really like. Yeah. Um, but path is and the path hasn't been replaced, which is interesting since it's printing. It hasn't. They haven't printed a functional. Uh, you know, at least an equal reprint. And so it's continued to be, you know, the best. I mean, the thing about Path that's so good, I think, is like, anytime you ever build a deck that is trying to do something uh, mm-hmm. where you need a little bit of time to set up, whether it's like a combo deck or even if it's like a tempo deck, you kind of, if you're playing white, just need the paths. You right. usually play three in the main deck of that deck because, like, you it's just need so to make sure you don't lose. And it's just the best version of not losing. Yeah, we talked. We talked about on the the episode we did a few weeks ago on on uh, the apparition card. I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, like skyclave apparition. Skyclave blah, 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 skyclave apparition. Like, it, it, could they eventually print one white? Uh, they get a two two flyer version of this card, right? Exile creature. Yeah, probably. Like, like basically the blue that blue manifest card, but in white, but for one mana. Like, I think that's a card that would be the one that would compete in the path to exile space. I can also see them printing it at sorcery speed and then because you can use it on your own thing and that'll be like the weird way that it deals with it. But I don't know. I think that would be cool. Oh, uh, yeah. But path, easy. I just Like most decks in modern, if I have white in it, I'm starting with path to exile in it. I'm going to go with a fun one here as my uh, my, my first card, and that is Manatite. Um, one white instant counter target spell unless that player pays one mana. Uh, it is the white force spike. It was color shifted in Planar Chaos. This is not a card that sees a lot of play in modern. People throw it in every once in a while to be spicy, especially in kind of white-based tempo decks. It's just a really fun card. It's sweet that white has this this thing. And, and the way modern works is the same as Legacy, where 
all your mana matters so much early on, you can really get people very often with this card. Like it's it's modern is exactly the format where this card is effective. So I've just always liked it a lot. There is not. There are very few cards printed uh, that are at, that make you feel as big brained as actually mana tithing someone's card because like 100%. they don't expect it. You're in white. They're never gonna play around it, and you just get them, and then they just like respect you from that point on in the game, <laughs> um, and you just like you. It feels so good to get some of the mana tithe. Periodically over the years, this card will pop back up as a fringe card in tempo or strategies. Like in, in modern, you'll see it pop up as like a two of in decks that kind of make a 5-0 splash. And you'll be like, oh, why don't people play more of this card? And the reason is because the truth is getting them usually only is when in the first few turns of the game. So it's like getting their two drop for one mana or getting even maybe their three drop for one mana. But like the trade of, in terms of what you're getting is generally speaking, you're gaining a mana or two in that exchange. You rarely get like a five drop or a six drop with mana tithe. So every once in a while you can get like a prime time out of it, but usually it's, you know, a marginal advantage, but it's still sweet. So I love yeah, that card. Yeah, yeah. So my 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 number two card is Wall of Omens. Uh zero four for two, draws you a card, just gets in the way. It's a white card advantage, kind of. Uh it's the brain of every attacking creature on the ground ever printed. Uh I love Wall of Omens. I love yeah, it, it compares to it, it compares to obviously uh, Birth of Melitus, which is a more recent card. Kind of does a similar thing, you know, Wall, Wall of Blossoms. Blossoms. But yeah, it's 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 a card that I think is just well loved. It's from Eldrazi, Rise of Eldrazi. You know, I think I played this card in limited a fair amount, but it's a great blink target. I mean, Wall of Omens is a standard, very classic, great white control value card. Uh, there are a lot of similar cards, but it's very good at exactly what it does. I love that card. Yeah, it it, it it's an early game play at a time where you're like not really, especially if you're on the play like it gets you an extra card in your hand while putting something in the way of your attacker at worst fogging for a turn and like is something to do early enough to build a hand that just like kind of it's like what getaxian probe was good right like it's one it, you're playing with a 54 card or 56 card deck now so a 60 card deck and the four free cards have just just enough value to make it worth it uh, I will bring up my next card because it plays extraordinarily well with Wall of Omens. Uh, one of my all-time favorites in modern. That is Restoration Angel. So uh, uh, to make this go quickly, that is also my next card. <laughs> okay, wait. So we can share. We can share our thoughts on it. Yeah, so Restoration yeah. Angel, and I, we haven't been explaining what these cards do. I think we will quickly just for the audio listeners. Uh, one white, three colorless. This is a three-four angel creature with flash. When it enters the battlefield, you may exile another non-angel creature you control. Uh, and then return it to the battlefield under your control. So it's the the ultimate blink enabler. Uh, it's just a sweet card. I've played this card so many times. The thing that's great about it is that a 3-4 flying creature with flash for 4 is already a pretty good rate. It's, it's not great. You wouldn't play it in modern on its own, but the fact that it has the added value and that it's just good is why this card is so much fun to play. I've won many a game attacking with a Restoration Angel. Yeah, no, it's a threat. It uh, ostensibly is a flash flying three four that draws you a card when it enters the battlefield. Pretty much, you can like if you're if you're playing Restoration Angel, you're playing with enough other things in your deck that when it enters, it draws you a card or better. Excuse me, or better. Um, it people don't see it coming. You can surprise people. You can like double get them, or you block with like a small creature that they think they're going to trade with, and they attack, and you can like get them on both ends. So it, I don't know. I love I love Restoration Angel. It does so many sweet things, and like in blue white especially, like Snapcaster Mage exists, right? So it lets you rebuy those. It lets you rebuy your Wall of Omens, which is what we just mentioned. It lets you rebuy uh, any other kind of value creatures you play that enter the battlefield, and there are enough of them. Blade Splicers that this card is always really sweet. 
Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah. they haven't printed like another version of this that's like like this in quite some time. Felidar Guardian would be the closest thing to it, I think, maybe. But uh, my next card uh, that I'm going to throw on my list here is Giver of Runes. Um, Giver of Runes is a 1-2 core creature, uh, core cleric, for one white. Um, sorry, just for a single white mana. And its ability is tap. Another target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice or colorless until end of turn. Um, it's like the updated version of Mother of Runes. In some ways, it's worse. In some ways, it's better because it has the colorless feature attached to it. What I love about so much about uh, Giver of Runes is that you can force through Inkmoth Nexus. It's probably the single thing about this card I like the most. Yeah. Is it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. really, really good enabler to win with Ink Moth Nexus and in a like a monocolor or a two-color deck, it's perfect. It's also just very good in modern in a lot of ways. You it, it protects your things from walking ballista, it protects your things from a Karn activation. There's a lot of there's a lot of things this card does at one that's just really good. Mm -hmm. And you know, Mother of Runes was a powerhouse in legacy decks for years. This card does a pretty close impression, so I, I love uh, Giver of Runes. Yeah, in, in many ways, it's kind of like modern-day Spellskate, right? It allows you to protect things. It allows you to, like, they have to kill this first before they kill something out, and the mana efficiency of it being one mana means you're always going to kind of come ahead of that uh, interaction, or at least parity, if they bolt it or whatever. Um, and then... And then whatever, if they have to bolt that, they're not bolting the thing you're trying to protect. Um, I've actually had a lot of really good success with it also in Badrock. So I have it in my Badrock commander deck. And it actually would be pretty tight in mod. If there's like a mutate Jeskai modern deck, that would be a thing that you definitely would play. Because it's not a human, right? So you can uh, mutate onto it and start the right. shenanigans off. So that, that's also really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, really powerful. My next card. Next card. Uh, we're now. We're now. This is the top twos, right? Where that was your. That was your number. Oh, was your number three? So I did restoration angel. This is number two. Uh, I cheated. I lied to you. Uh, when we talked, I said that I wasn't going to use this card, um, but I did because I forgot. Uh, my my second favorite card in modern that is white is lingering souls. Um, <laughs> and the reason I lied. That's to a white is, black card. Well, that's, that's a dude cheated. Debate, Come right? on. Uh, it's. It, white it's on the front it's it's got the white border um i i love lingering souls i love this card a lot i recommend just throw it in a sideboard or a uh you know or a just a, any deck that's self-milling yourself put one copy in there because you're gonna randomly get the bottom half if you mill yourself or just like it stalls forever it makes every discard effect you have in your deck you say draw a card nothing feels better than discarding lingering souls off of liliana the veil or faithless looting or self-milling it off of a satyr wayfinder literally all day long i could do things that lingering souls leaves my hand from my graveyard or my hand into my graveyard it's great the sweetest thing about this card is that they decided to cost it the way they did i think there was probably an internal discussion at some point about the idea that they should make the backside cost the same as the front side it should cost three wait, and three as wait. opposed to three and two do you remember this you, do you not remember tom lapilli on the podcast that it was his greatest mistake making it three and two instead of three and three S saying saying that yeah he said he, it was him who did it and it was uh, i was two and a white and then one and a black and he said his greatest mistake at Wizards of the coast while he was there was making lingering souls is flashback cost one black one out of black and not two i don't black. remember i mean that we yeah, recorded yeah. that episode six years ago probably yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was doing like the two things i remember <laughs> for the conversation was that and then like him like snap saying that like basically Splinter twins gonna be banned in six months and it was <laughs> yeah that's funny no i didn't remember that yet but I, I do i do love lingering souls um so you're number two let's see my, my second to last card here, I didn't go in order as much, so this card is probably a little less powerful, but uh, I'm going to go with Selfless Spirit as my second to last white card in modern. And I love this card. I have loved this card for since the day it was printed. It is one white for a 2-1 Spirit Cleric. Sacrifice Selfless Spirit. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. 
Here's the reason I love this card so much. Anytime you are playing some sort of a tempo-driven deck that wants to make sure you can get in and keep getting in, you want effects that don't let you get wrathed. You want effects that make sure you can play them early and often, and they protect your board. Now, in this case, it's a 2-1 flyer for 2 mana, which is already just like a pretty good rate. Like, I love playing 2-1 flyers for 2. If I can back them up, that's like some of my favorite stuff to do. So the fact that this, this impersonates the old green-white elephant for 3 that did it, uh, not Hierarch, maybe it's the other one. Dauntless Escort, I think is what it was called. Um, and this falls in line with, you know, Remorseful Cleric and some of the other effects that White's been getting more recently in this in this world. But it's just a super, super efficient card. I remember playing in Highlander with this, and Eric Wydetz has this long-standing white, mono-white soldiers deck that's really good. It has so many good soldiers printed, and it's so aggressive and so consistent. I remember telling him, you should play Selfless Spirit. And he was like, it's not a soldier. And I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. It's a two-power, flying, two-mana creature that makes sure your board doesn't get wrath and doesn't cost you anything to activate. This should be played in every single aggressive white deck, in every single format, because it gets in damage and it protects your board. It's just a super underrated card. It's a really good card. I think this card's rate for what it does is kind of unmatched. There's almost nothing really like it for a white tempo deck. In yeah. my opinion, yeah, yeah, love yeah. this card. Uh, honestly, you say it's under underpowered versus other things. I actually think it's the second best card we've named after Path to Exile. Yeah, from like a it's, like it's really good power level and, and like sees actual play. Like it, it it does a lot more than like historically over modern history. No, but like because like obviously at one point Lingering Souls was one of the best cards in modern, if not the best yeah. card in modern. At one point, uh, uh, Wall of Omens was seeing significant play. Restoration Angel was seeing significant play, but I think a lot of them has fallen off out of favor. But I, I don't think Selfless Spirit has. I think that continues to be a really in the Spirit stack. It's it's really yeah, good. Yeah. So yeah, what do you go? What do you got next? Number one. Stoneforge Mystic. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, I was, I, so I, I didn't put it on my list. It's not, it's not my number one. But I, I don't know if you love Stoneforge Mystic as much as I do. Like, I have... Well, I why? Have, yeah, why do you love it? Go ahead. Uh, it's efficient. It tutors for, like, whatever you want. It's tutored that's of that specific type. It gets a big 4-4 to play if you want it, but you can get swords that are all really cool. The art is awesome. It's really sick. It's been banned forever. We finally got to play with it. Uh, I Like, it did exactly what everyone thought it did, which was, like, just be good. Um, it's, it's I think, one of the, like, key iconic pieces of what, like, white is best at, and and it, having access to it again in modern has been really exciting to me. Um it's like one of the first cards that I like loved that like ended up being good ahead of time, right? Where like I like got a playset right ahead because I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then it took a year, and then swords happened, and then Cobblade happened. I was like, oh yeah, I have these. And then like played Nia Lightsaber for the whole entire for for a chunk of time. But um, yeah, I don't know. I love Stoneforge Mystic. I love what it does. I like that it's really cool and great in control decks and aggro decks, kind of everywhere. I love Stoneforge. Uh, there's a few things with it that I think are great. Obviously, Stoneforge classically searches for Batter Skull. That's the original. OG play with the card. I think when they when they unbanned Sword of the Meek, uh, the idea that this card can both be a beater but also be part of a combo is especially cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I just I think that this card, the reason I don't love it as much as you do, is I don't really like the idea that my first three turns of the game, and then really going into my fourth turn because Batterskull can't attack until my fourth turn, um, are eaten up by this one sequence that's like kind of clunky in the end. Obviously, it gets you this piece of equipment, but most of the pieces of equipment require you to have a creature on the battlefield. It kind of requires this longer dink and dunk game to make sure that you actually have the resources to take advantage of this, which I think is why it's never appealed to me as much. But I mean, obviously, it's one of the best cards ever printed. It's an amazing creature. It's just 
Yeah, I not think, a card that I have as much of an affinity for. I think the way I see it is, is you pay it two mana, two mana threat, right? You play it, and then you get a Batter Skull, or you get a GTA, or you get a Skull Clamp, or you get a you know whatever whatever artifact you're looking for, and then you don't have to activate it on your next turn. You hold Counter Magic up, and then if they don't do anything, you get a free spell into play, and so like it giving you the opportunity from that point on to like represent a counter spell or a threat and they have to choose which one they want to play into really puts you farther ahead in my mind than than just the fact that and 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 worst case scenario they kill it and you drew a card right like if they snap kill it you're like okay well i got this better school which has to cost five mana but i'm a control deck my job is to remove every threat that you have so i'm going to survive to the time where battle school is still good or i'll draw another you know uh uh stoneforge mystic and be able to repeat the process so yeah um so 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 I guess my question for you on, on white card... Oh, you have your number one. Sorry, go for it. I'm my number one, yeah. Last card that I listed, uh, and I thought long and hard about this, and I didn't really make this exactly in order, but I do think the power level and the probably long-term playability in the format here is about on par with Stoneforge just because it was illegal for so long. My last card is Angel's Grace, um, and that is one white instant split second. Uh, you can't lose the game this turn, and uh, any effect that would reduce your life level to less than one reduces it to one instead. So... This is the four of in Ad Nauseam, has been since the beginning of time, uh, and that deck has been on the radar since the beginning of time. So I think that this card has seen consistent play for years and years and years and years. Um, I love Angel's Grace for a lot of different reasons. I think probably it's... The thing I like the most about it is it's the most played split-second card, and split-second is such a powerful ability. It's such a powerful ability. Like It's one of the few times ever in Magic's history where they said, like, we're going to design a card that basically inverts the way that you play the game. All of your waiting, all of your reactive nature, the whole entire way that any good Magic player thinks about their sequencing is invalidated by this effect. And this costs one. It's one white for that effect. So when you're planning to do this and make sure that you can't lose the game because of it, it has to resolve. This is going to hit the stack. It cannot respond to it. And Split Second is so powerful. So I think it's such a unique piece of tech. It's such a unique Magic card. Um, there's a lot of cool things you can do with this. Obviously, you can protect yourself from packs, but overall, I just think it's a unique card that I really love. Yeah, no, uh, I have a big affinity for any cards that say end the turn or uh, lose the game on them. And and when I yeah. say lose the game, <laughs> I mean you can't lose the game or you lose the game as a cost. I think both both are such a cool like a cool place to space pl- the cool pl- blah, blah 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 a cool space to play in and like. The fact that Angel Grace is kind of one of the ways you can play with them, right? It's it's one of the main tools that allow players to cheat with packs or cheat with an ad nauseum or cheat with um, other like a glorious end. And I think that's that's always really, really cool. Um, I also love it in conjunction with stuff like. Um, you said the packs already, so that, that, that that's the thing you said. Uh, yeah, a glorious end was was the thing I was gonna say, but like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 always like it breaks the rule or allows you to hack more than most cards the way the rules of the game work, which I and, and you kind of said that, but like, like it's kind of what all of the like old like change the word of a color on a card to a different color. Or yeah, change, like, yep, one yep, number, yep. like one of those things where it was like always like I'm hacking Magic the Gathering to make a card that's not real. And like those are always terrible, for the most part. This one like actually, like does that. It's like, oh no, this card that has a real cost. I'm now turning it around and making it a benefit. Yeah, 
Agreed. Yeah, one of my favorites. So that's my final. That's my final white so, card. So, so, so before we wrap up white, I, I do. So, what is your? What do you like about white? What's like kind of what's the vibe of white? Like when you're playing Magic, what what about it? It would make you want to build a white deck over a different color. I think white uh, is the most efficient color when it comes to presenting a threat and also affecting your opponent's ability to interact. I think it, it, you know, and so mono white hate bears types of decks are cool, but if you combine a lot of the best effects that white has with another color, maybe a color that has more burn or a color that has more counter spells or something like that, I think white gets really, really powerful. Um, And not every deck reacts the same way, but kind of white has the whole toolbox to do that. And then I think exile nowadays in magic is so important. Exiling things, exiling for black, you know, it gets rid of graveyards. For white, it just exiles the creature. And there are so many graveyard-based recursive threats that if you get them off the table, I think you're in a really great position. So I think white's ability to do that, um, and the thing I mentioned, th- those are probably the two things that I think white does the best that I like about white, is having that protection, knowing you have the sort of level of finality, or that you can also present a clock while still affecting your opponent. Yeah, uh, I think I think for me, it's it's white's removal suite has always been my favorite. Like, Path to Exile... O-Ring, even like even with what you kind of mentioned, indestructible removes removal spells. Like it's an anti-removal spell feature. Uh 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 what the not tainted pact, what's the Angel's Grace and you know removes and the game effect or removes player removal. <laughs> um so yeah. I think that's always been and then and then I think Planeswalkers. I think like Gideon like was basically my number six. It it, it got cut off right right at the end um when I added Path to Exile. Um I love six mana um Elsbeth. I kind of like am like really on board with that side of it as well. So yeah, White's um, got really good, so- super solid planeswalkers. Mono White's got great ones. Well, there's one point, well, partially because like the main like White is the easiest color to put a hero into to the extent that Wizards keeps making iconic White villains because they want to like overcompensate for the fact that White would be so yeah, easy to right, be right, every right. hero in the game. Um, but like Gideon, Elsbeth, one of the reasons I think they killed Gideon is because they knew they were bringing Elsbeth back and they didn't think that the game has enough space for two like noble heroic main characters. Um, they've now added other ones like Bowsby Cat and and and, and to whatever the shield guy is from War of the Spark. I'm never going to remember that. I'm going to say, oh, Tim. yeah, I know. I do talking about yeah, Tim. Yeah, His uh, name's Tim. I don't know. Tim, 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 Tim. Tim. Timana? It's not his name. No, that that's uh Tiamat is the fast other Yeah, I don't know. There's, it, it's right it, there. Marshall's it, put it, on the it's screen. Not, it's not it's not Tiamaret. That's the murder king. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 is the main character of War of the Sparker. He's like they like created him to be a character in that book, which is interesting. So I don't know. Um, mm. it'll be interesting if we see him again because that book wasn't very popular. Um, so yeah, so so one last thing, uh, everyone, uh, before we get to the next color, we do want to bring up uh, that we've been releasing these videos as video formats, kind of splitting the episodes up. So right now we're going to do a little bit of wrap up. I don't know what lunch ones Marshall will keep in, but but as a part of that for the video version, thanks so much for watching. Please leave a like and subscribe uh, below. It really helps just algorithmically this video do better. Um, and also uh, we have a patron. Uh, these videos are brought to you by our patron um the way we're going to be able to do it seems like everyone really likes these once a week things 
Um, we're going to try keeping doing them for a little bit longer. Uh, if we can raise the Patreon money, we can do it forever. It's just, it just, it, it does take a significant more of a cost. So we'd really appreciate if you check that out. You get a raw feed version of the episode where you get to listen to kind of its own 20 minute piece of content at the beginning of every episode. That's totally new and special for that. Plus all the weird arguing, or if I give Ben notes or Ben gives me notes on how we're talking or what we're talking about or the order <laughs> of what we're talking about. Um, and, uh, yeah, please check that out. It, it's really cool. And we really, really appreciate all the patients that we have right now uh as always and then um excuse me last but not least uh we do commander content every monday so this episode generally comes out on monday so uh tonight 7 30 p.m uh pacific standard time we do a commander live stream on both the youtube channel uh, youtube.com slash amcast and uh, my twitch channel twitch.tv slash cast wiley um joy blast we had uh, Zbex and uh, OK Chef on last week. It was a crazy game. Ben Ben built a new brand new deck. You guys should all check that out. It's on the YouTube channel right now, uh, etc. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.